Hey, thanks so much for joining with us today. We have an outstanding half an hour together set up for you. And I know at the start of 2015, God is going to do great things in your life. And with that thought, we're going to kick off today's program. I'm going to take us into what I feel will help us in this next month, in this Christmas season. This isn't just another message, okay? I've been praying a lot and thinking and planning and strategizing. What can I bring our church that will help us over this next month? So I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. Turn with me now to Isaiah 32, 17. I believe the scripture is going to come up behind us if you don't have a Bible. Can I just say if you don't have a Bible, can you get one in our bookstore? Get one, get it on your iPad, get it on your iPhone, but bring your Bible to church. I know we've had all this Christmas craziness that we just had, but there's something about writing it down writing it down for yourself i go pen and paper me but if you want to go notes on your iphone or ipad that's cool too but you know there's nothing like just writing down in your journal and taking it away and thinking about it and if you're here and you don't have that don't feel condemned about it just decide next week or decide tonight to bring something with you isaiah chapter 32 verse 17 says this the fruit of righteousness will be peace the fruit of righteousness will be peace now i'm going to isaiah up to find this out about peace because isaiah is one of the greatest people in the bible who understood what peace was about in isaiah chapter 9 he talked about jesus christ being the prince of peace he talked about the mighty council that would come so isaiah had a special understanding thousands of years before Jesus would even come. But the truth about this word peace, it's, it's one of the most prolific, it's one of the most deepest theological things throughout the Old Testament. It's found 180 times just in the Old Testament alone. And the word peace is translated from the Hebrew word shalom. Now, if you're like me, my only revelation about Hebrew was when I played the musical Fiddler on the Roof back in the day with Tevye, if I were a rich man. You remember that old song? You remember that? If you've seen Philadelphia, if you've not, go out and get the movie. But that was my understanding when I was growing up before I was a Christian. And when I met Jesus Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, I'm amazed to dig back through the Old Testament and understand what the word shalom, peace, really means. Because the word shalom is a greeting. It's a greeting like, it's like walking up to somebody if I could get my volunteer up on the stage, that would be helpful now. Come on. If you could move quicker, that would be great because, you know, you're a young man. Thank you very much. Okay. And in our, in, our, in our English greeting, we'd walk up and we would say, how are you? You're good, thank you. Now, I'm very good, thank you. That's our English greeting. But in the Hebrew culture, they wouldn't greet like saying, how are you? They would literally walk up and say the word shalom, which literally means this. This is the exact translation in English. It means this. Do you have peace? <laughs> I do have peace. So, so, in other words, rather than say, how are you? In the Jewish culture and in their day, they would literally greet each other by asking each other, do you have peace? Go on, try it out right now. Turn to the first section and say, do you have peace? Stay there. In fact, why don't you just go ahead and sit at the back, okay? We'll be call you out in a minute. Do you have, do you have peace 
peace is, is one of the most sought-after qualities in life. And when you don't have peace in your life, you have depression, you have, you have insomnia, you have all kinds of challenges when you do not have peace. Over the last 3,100 years, which is the recorded written history, 3,100 years, historians tell us that there has only been 286 years on planet Earth where there was actually peace without war. That's 8% of recorded history. So 92% we have lived in the human experience without peace. If you are without peace this morning, or if you have ever been without peace, join the human condition. Because the human condition, we deal with suffering, we deal with hardship, we deal with the cold hard facts, and that is the reality that we live in. And yet in Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17, this mighty prophet is talking about the fruit of righteousness will be peace. Well, like, I'm like, God, can you bring me more peace, please? Did you ever pray that prayer to God? You said, God, okay, I want more peace in my life. And in this Christmas season that we're about to go into, I believe that the world is looking for peace. I believe that people are looking for peace, and they'll do anything to find peace. They'll do things like they'll charge up their credit cards, thinking possessions bring them peace. They'll do things like drink too much, party too hard, because they think that if they do those types of things, it will fill the emptiness in their heart. But of course, as Christians, we understand that in the New Testament, the word peace is found in every book of the New Testament except for 1 John. Every single book is, is this huge revelation of what peace really is. Do you have peace this morning? Because peace is available for every single one of us. But peace is not an export that we receive without first receiving Jesus Christ. That's why it talks about here in Isaiah chapter 32 verse 17 that the fruit of righteousness is peace. And in other words, that you can't just seek peace for peace's sake. If you're like me and you grew up, people say, you know, peace, peace, peace. But you're like, okay, all hell is breaking out of my life. Don't tell me that I need peace. I don't know how to get peace. And we live in a society today, I believe, once you lose your peace, you don't know how to get it. But of course, we know the word shalom is talking about Jesus who was about to come, and Jesus Christ is the giver of peace. When you receive Jesus, you receive what the Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. And if you want to have more peace in your life, you have to have a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. Dr. Robert Oppenheimer, maybe you have heard of him or maybe you've um, read about him, but he was actually the person who invented and supervised the creation of the first atomic bomb. This man who created the first atomic bomb, he, he was asked a question before Congress in a closed session in the United States before the bomb was detonated. And Congress asked this mighty physicist, they said, is there any cure to the atomic bomb? And in a hushed voice, this famous physician, famous physicist said, of course there is. Of course there's a cure to the atomic bomb. It's the word 
peace. When you have peace, it solves the deepest war. And I know at the moment, I have some friends of mine that are literally trying to figure out what's going on in Ferguson, Missouri, leading church at the moment, leading this racial conflict. And I know that in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and in Warsaw, and even in our own city of Bradford, we face difficulties every single day. And yet, we realize that Jesus Christ loves everybody. And because Jesus Christ loves everybody, we can live at peace with all men. Isn't that the message of Christianity? That Jesus Christ came to bring peace on earth. And so in this short time I have, I'm going to give you three principles of peace. Three simple principles that I want you to apply. I'm not sure if I'm even going to get through all three. But I'm going to at least start this. And I'll see where I go. I might need to finish up on this tonight. But, but peace is so, so vitally important that I think it's worth ma majoring on this morning, don't you? Now, this first thing I want to talk about is peace is an export. Peace is an export. In other words, when you receive Jesus, peace then flows out from the presence of God. Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, peace I give with you. And so I wanted to major on this because because when Jesus gives you peace, when peace comes into your life and you, you receive it, then you have to learn how to export it. And many of us, we, we don't know how to export peace around us. In other words, when this peace comes around you, you then need to be a peace exporter. Like Jock James. Jock James is a peace exporter. I said to Jock, that is the most stress-free kid production of Frozen that I've ever seen. And Jock said to me, yeah, he said, I do drama without drama. <laughs> Amazing. What a great, I do drama without drama. I mean, that word, that's just worth a take. Make sure you give Jock credit for that as you take that on your Twitter today. I do drama without drama. That's what I'm talking about. When you see difficult situations, what do you export? Do you export pressure? Because I see too many of you, church, I love you. You're awesome, but you're exporting pressure and not peace. Don't do it. Don't export pressure when you're sitting around your Christmas meal. Don't export pressure. I mean, yesterday and Friday, I don't know if you saw the ASDA crowd trying to get in to fight for a TV set. Oh my gosh, what's happening is people are exporting, oh, I gotta I, I got save my five pounds, I gotta get in there earlier, and they're exporting this pressure. No, peace means you realize people don't need just another gift. People don't need just another trinket. You know, I, I want to, you know, bless people around me. That's not what I mean. But what we really need is to let people know the true, deeping, lasting, eternal, everlasting love of Jesus Christ. Not something that you buy and breaks before New Year's Eve. Hello. And, and this pressure drives our society. Marketing and advertising and our job and everything drives this, this lust inside the heart of man. And I look at that and I say, where is the peace that passes all understanding? Where is the peace that says, I can say no to going into massive debt. I don't need to charge up my credit card to buy the next thing, the next latest gadget or the next latest thing. Because, because peace makes you still. Peace makes you evaluate and think about what you're about to do. And, 
And you know, people tell us, marketing people tell us that they put things on the shelves as you go through the checkout and, and people buy them impulse buying, it's called. They weren't planning on buying it, but when they get through the checkout counter and they see the, 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 the C batteries or the AA batteries, they think, oh, I'll just buy those because I sure I'm going to need that. Or they buy the chocolate, even though they don't need that on their west waistline. Or they buy stuff last minute. And when you see that start to happen, you think, okay, well, when you're at peace, peace gives you the permission to say no to what you know you do not need in your life. That springs from peace to say no. And in our church, we have such a yes church. People say, yes, we're going to go for it. Yes, we're going to serve. Yes, yes, yes. But saying no helps you to say yes to the right things. Come on, are you listening to me, church? Because I'm preaching a lot better than you're listening today. Because, because this permission-giving culture that we have in our church only works when you understand that you're exporting peace and not pressure. I want to make sure I understand that. And let's go into this next point. Once you, once you start to export peace, then you have to move into this next level. Peace is an export. Number two is this. Peace is a guard. Peace is a guard around you. That's why I read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. And if you don't have your peace, you have to look at where your heart condition is at. What's in your heart that's troubling you? And take it out. What's in your mind that's troubling you? And take it out. Thanks so much for waiting. Now you can come forward and... And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Come on. Yes, grab my coat, grab my hat. This, this man, come on. Now, this is, this is how this works. The peace of God guards your heart, okay? If he's received Jesus in his heart, I want you to just go and put this coat on now. And just zip it up. I know it's a bit hot in here, but again, a bit faster would be great. It's like, <laughs> come on, Isaac. It's hard to get on. It's just a coat, brother. It's just a coat. Okay. And then just zip yourself up. Great. For crying out loud. Where's your mother at? Where's your mother? Look at this. He's all discombobulated. What have you done to my... Good, we're good. Okay, you got that up. My goodness, you're shaking. <laughs> Pull it down like this. Okay, are you ready? Okay, you got it. Okay, look, what's this? You miss your mother, don't you, today? Peace. Now he has surrounded himself. He has the right clothing on for the right environment now. It's wintertime. He's about to walk in and we're inside, but he's dressed right. Now, if peace is now an export because Jesus is on his heart, now this clothing protects his heart. It protects him. Now, he has a choice. He can either take his coat off and be exposed to the element or... He can stay guarded and stay protected in his peace. 
Church, you need to make sure that nothing comes between you and Jesus in your life. Keep your protection on you. Let peace protect you. Keep your peace protector on and your heart will be protected. But then the Bible goes on to teach that your mind, Philippians, your mind also needs to be protected. So I have my hat to put on, which protects your mind. And I'll just do this for you because that coat was such a disaster. <laughs> See, he's got his Seahawks hat on. Go Seahawks, come on, somebody. Now his mind is protected because he's wearing his peace. I want to ask you, is your heart and mind protected this morning? Show me your cell phone in the last 48 hours, and I'll show you whether or not your heart and mind are protected. I'm not judging anybody. I know we go through tough times. I get it. But instead of going through tough times on your own, if you're losing your mind, what is the, you know, there's a phrase that's called getting your peace of mind, keeping your peace of mind. And everybody understands this because when stress and drama coming into your life, you start forgetting things. I do anyways. I forget where I put my car keys or I forget where I put my children or I forget my dog because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, my peace of mind has been disturbed and I, I'm not sure what's going on. But, but move with me now in Isaiah. Gosh, I've only got three minutes left. Are you still listening? Because this is what the Bible says, Isaiah is trying to teach us. He goes on to say that the effect of righteousness, listen to this, will be quietness and confidence forever. Woo! Wow. Quietness. And so when your mind is protected and you have peace of mind, and your heart's protected, you have quietness. And when pressure comes on you, you remember, I'm a king. I'm a royal priesthood. I am not coming down off my throne of walking with Jesus, of being empowered by the Holy Spirit, to lose my perspective. Because, because what happens when you have peace, you have perspective in this situation. And some of you have lost what you think is your perspective. And if you need it back, you need your peace back around you. So what you do is you put this back onto your mind again. Because if you lose that, then you lose the the way that you can process things, the way that you can analyze things, because often in Christianity we live from our gut reaction, but we need to learn how to put this on so we're thinking in our mind about how we can work on things. <laughs> Some of you literally need to do this. You literally need to think, okay, I'm, I'm putting my mind on and I'm refusing to listen or see the negative I'm refusing to focus on the challenges. I'm refusing to look at the pressure around me. And you live like this. This is a much safer place to live. What did Jesus say? Jesus, the great level, he said, if your eye causes you to sin, cut it out. It's much easier to put a Seahawk hat on and just cover your eye. Much easier. It's much easier to work on what you're listening to and you just cover this than it is to become deaf. But you need to be so focused, so focused in your life as a Christian. You're like, okay, I get it. I, I'm going to stay focused. My mind is alert. My heart is open. I'm ready to receive everything that God has for me. And then what happens is a bunch of business leaders drop 48,000 pounds 
in our church. Why? Because, because my mind is focused on what God is saying, not on what's happening in the economy. And my, my heart is ready. Come on, let's, let's go reach all attend for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Well, how are we going to do that? We're going to have to bring in the finance to do it, right? So, so in my mind and in my heart, I'm seeing the possibilities instead of the pressure. Some of you are so focused on the possibility that you're missing. And some of you are like, oh, yeah, one day, one day, one day maybe stuff will happen. No, that's not possibility. Possibility is bringing the future into your here and now. It's bringing it into us. Let's say one day I'll have a great life. One day, no, no. Bring the future into your present experience. Pull your future into your everyday realm. You may not be in a place of peace. So what you do is you, you pull it into your everyday realm and say, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my mind. I'm going to take what is Jesus. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I'm going to take my heart and I'm going to wrap up myself in your love. I'm going to wrap up myself in your presence. I'm going to wrap up myself in knowing that God loves me. I'm going to wrap up myself in knowing that God is for me so nobody can be against me. And you wrap yourself up in what the Word of God teaches. You wrap that around you. You put that hat on and you say, God, I'm so aware of your presence. I, 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 I want to protect the presence of God around me. That's another way to say this. I want to protect the presence of God by what I think and by what I feel. The head tells us what we think and the heart tells us what we feel. And, and we take those two things, what we think and what we feel, and I guarantee you, you will transform your family. You will transform your relationships when you take these two aspects and these two things and take charge of your own life. Come on, let's take this off. Come on, give it up for Isaac. Thank you. really want this in our church. I want this in your family. I've been praying for you that you would understand these principles and that you would outwork these principles because I'm so aware of so many challenges that so many of us face every single day of our life. But for the grace of God, but for the peace of God that passes all understanding. And, and as I close today, I want that quietness and confidence to be on every single person. And we know God, there is nothing an enemy could do. The enemy is the stealer of peace. He's the, he's the destroyer. He's the great deceiver. But when you understand who Jesus is, he's the rebuker of the devil. He, he's the peace restorer. He's the peace deliverer. That's the mighty God that we serve. Hey, that's all we have time for. But I want to let you know that we have a great, outstanding ethic of prayer here in our church. And if you've got anything that you're going through in your life, drop us an email at hello at lifechurchhome.com. We would love to hear from you so that we can pray for you, so you can start this new year well. All right, that's all we have time for. Come on, let's believe God that 2015 is your best year yet. was so challenging but yet 
so much fun, it was so inspiring. We really got to go deeper than you can in any church setting because it's every day, you're constantly with people that are supporting you, that are encouraging you and are really pushing you to be where you should be. I can honestly say the Academy was one of the best years of my whole life. I never expected to end up on Academy. Once I kind of saw the church and got to know um, a few people and I heard about Academy, it was just one of those things where I felt like it was totally the right thing um, to do for that point in my life. Um, I'd been in just a kind of average job, just doing normal life, earning money. Um, I just felt like I needed kind of a push.